welcome back to Marvel News Desk, your best place to keep up with all the latest news, reviews, and speculation concerning Marvel films and TV shows. Uh, today it is Rhiannon and I, uh, just the two of us. It is a very busy summer for our podcast. Rhiannon, you're moving. Adam is also moving. <laughs> and so life's been a little chaotic. But here we are. You doing well in your new digs? I am just perpetually exhausted at this point. Um, yeah, I like the new place. I haven't been here much. That's I did the move and then I had to go to the office and then I have to travel next week. So I'm here, but it's exhausting. Moving is exhausting. Don't do it. Nope. Nope. Just find a place to settle and die there because otherwise yeah. <laughs> it's too much work. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so I wanted to talk, so it's just the two of us, we're going to talk about Spider-Verse, because uh, obviously it's the big Marvel movie that's out. Um, before then, though, I realized there's some a couple of things we did not get to. Uh, one, you may have missed even this week in all the shuffle. Uh, very small, but Captain America New World Order is now Captain America Brave New World. Uh, when I told my kids this, they all said, Okay, whatever, dude. Like, no yeah. concern. Any thoughts on that small title change? I did notice it. I don't know how that piece of news got to me this week, but um, it's such a subtle change that, yeah, I mean, it just makes me curious, like, why it even matters. Yeah. But I'm sure it matters to somebody. I think for me, it's just like a uh, marketing connotation thing. I'm like, oh, you went from like weird WWE reference to uh, Aldous Huxley reference, right? Like, I, I don't know. To me, it just makes the movie feel a little more sophisticated all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was like. I thought Brave New World was already the title of other things. So, yeah, I, both of them make me think of other things. So, but it's not filming right now, right? It's one of the ones that shut down from the writer strike. No, I think it's still going. I think it's they they had a a good enough script that they were confident to just keep going. I, I have to look. I can let me scan. Yeah. So according to Charles Murphy, and you may know more about this as well, he says Daredevil's still going, Captain America's going, and Deadpool Three's going, but Blade, Thunderbolts, and Wonder Man are on pause. Okay. All right. Um. So, are you getting the sense Daredevil's still going as best they can, or are they getting? Yeah, shut it's down? still going. It's yeah. still going. I mean, it had the few shutdowns when it was picketed. Like I heard a report last week or a week or two ago that like picketers showed up and the wardrobe person like walked off or something. You know, like weird little impacts of the picketing. But I, um, they're still going as far as I know. Yeah. Well, the other thing that got a little bit of buzz was that Deadpool 3 is happening, but Ryan Reynolds like can't improvise anything that's not in the script because that would be a violation of the strike or something. I mean, like, he's a WGA member, so yeah, anything he creates is considered, and I think he has writer credit Yeah, on the movie. So yeah, it's it's stupid. Uh, I mean, I, I don't understand. I mean, like, if anybody knows how a writer strike can negatively impact a character in a movie, it should be Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool. 
<laughs> right. Like why? I mean, I, I know there's the financial, the financial aspect must trump everything, but I just don't understand why, why they would try to keep going. So. Well, and I'm not prone to listening to Rob Liefeld about anything, but I guess he was talking too. It was like, in the end, Ryan can later on do whatever he wants because he's got a mask on. So like they just can ADR over dialogue, you know, like it doesn't have to be on the day. Yeah, exactly. But. The other thing that is a little bit old news now, but it has happened, I think, since we talked uh, at the TV upfronts, Kevin Feige announced the rest of our schedule for Disney Plus for this uh, for this year. We found out that Loki starts, I believe, October 6th. Uh, and it's going to be on Fridays for six weeks. And then we're getting a uh, drop of Echo all at once. Uh, the weekend before Thanksgiving, the weekend after Thanksgiving, something like that. Um, I don't know. Did you have, I mean, I know we talked about it some offline. I don't think we talked it to it to the listeners. Do you have any thoughts about either of those situations, Rhiannon? I, I mean, one, it is such a long time to go without new properties like i i mean without new marvel tv properties on disney plus i'm very curious about this hold like what they're doing with all of it but we have a secret invasion this summer right so it's not that long but it is definitely a change of pace i don't think anybody has interpreted this echo thing as good news of dropping it all in one day. Um, or maybe they're just experimenting. You know, maybe they're just trying to figure out what works best. Um, I, the Echo thing can't be good news. The only reason the Echo thing can be good news for me is it means Daredevil may not be delayed. Like that it might be able to come out sooner rather than later right. because the word has been that Echo has to come out to set up daredevil born again yeah and so right so the fact that they're pushing to put it out sometime this year means they're still hoping first half of 2024 to give us daredevil i i think that's a that's a that's a good way to interpret it um i think definitely when you put the two together the fact that loki season two which i think would be a big bet for them will be big the fact that they're not dropping it so even if it's just oh well they want to experiment well they're not experimenting with the crown jewels they're experimenting with echo and so at the very least it shows that level of not confidence i think the more cynical or correct way to read it is they think it sucks and so they want to get all the complaints over in a single weekend instead of having six weeks of people fussing about it every day you know yeah yeah i think it i think it's not great news for echo but I want Echo to be awesome. I I loved her in Hawkeye. Um, I I want her to be awesome, but it doesn't sound. I mean, it's just not good news. Yeah, I think when we got these release dates, it did confirm a little bit the conspiracy theory in my mind that they have held back some Marvel shows as Writers Guild strike insurance. Because it was at the upfronts and the upfronts were weird this year because basically all the cable net or all the TV networks were like, hey, let's show you all this product that we're going to put out 
that has to be stuff other than scripted TV. And so like ABC schedule is crazy. It's like judge Judy and like uh celebrity jeopardy and a bunch of like bachelor episodes. I mean, it's all non-scripted stuff because there's nothing to sell. They can't honestly sell to advertisers that they're going to have something with a script because none of those shows are being produced right now. And so their upfront was like 45 minutes of, Hey, look at how much sports we have on ESPN followed by, Oh, and by the way, we've got two or three Marvel shows in the can and an episode and a season of only murders in the building for Hulu. Like it, it, it seemed pretty clear to me that they were pumping up the Marvel stuff as no, we've got something, we got some inventory left. We're not totally dry. Uh, it was part of that sort of presentation. But they don't have advertising. The purpose of the upfronts is to sell to advertisers. So what advertisers is Disney Plus trying to sell to? Or are they opening up to advertisers? Yeah, Disney Plus has an ad level now. Oh, they have an ad level. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, I that I mean that sucks for the writers because they should just pay the writers. And we are past that point. So if there were fall writers' rooms the writer strike has gotten past the point that they would have started writing. Yeah, they're officially pushing back the fall season at this point. The writer strike is right. No episodes uh, are be for ready any traditional for, shows. Yeah, no no shows will be ready for like September fifteenth. Is what you're saying? Like it'll have yeah. to be October or November at least. Yeah, yeah. Like it's officially at the point where it's impacting the fall programming um, and delaying stuff that would be filming in time for that so yeah i mean maybe it's a smart i, I don't want to congratulate like right right no, right <laughs> just pay your writers right like i would rather not have loki and have the writers paid sufficiently um but yes i mean for the world we live in it was a smart move by disney marvel whether it was intentional or not yeah because we had we've had this gap but the reality is if they give us these two, like they've said, you know, Secret Invasion and then the two that we just mentioned, and then we get Ironheart sometime in like February or March next year, and then Daredevil starts anytime before June or, you know, even in June, it's not going to feel like the Marvel stuff's been interrupted. Like we took the interruption in the first half of this year, kind of. So i don't know the more and more i see it the more i think that they did that on purpose but maybe i'm wrong you're probably right i don't know i mean i guess they knew they wouldn't come to the table to negotiate on this like i don't want you to be right right (laughs) mega corporations are going to be mega corporations so yeah and I think, um, you know, just strictly going back to a more of a fan's perspective, the fact that we're going to get three Disney Plus shows this summer, I think, is or this year, is good. Like, there was all these rumors it was going to be one or two. And so I think to get three, even with the questions around Echo, and it would seem there's even news this week about Ironheart, I think, just announcing casting that's already happened. Um, it, it seems to suggest we'll get those three to hold us over these last six months. And then, you know, Ironheart, I would assume, will hit in the first quarter next year. And the the long wait for the Disney Plus TV stuff is over, at least for a little while on Marvel's side. 
Yes. So that'll be nice. From a fan perspective, I'm excited to have some Marvel television coming. Yeah. And, you know, we've talked many times about like how they schedule this stuff and how they think about Star Wars stuff. I was looking at it because they just announced a release date for um, the Ahsoka show on Star on Disney Plus. And it's basically Secret Invasion is going to take us through, I think, the first week of August or last week of July. And then two or three weeks later, Ahsoka will start. And I think Ahsoka episode six will be just a few days before Loki season two starts. Like it's you can tell that they're putting their stuff in a row so that there's something new, you know, every every week. So, um, oh, also I wanted to ask, I'm excited. Are you excited about Loki going back to Fridays? I am. I think I don't. I mean, well, I kind of liked Wednesdays. I liked Wednesday. I mean, like on a Friday, you could be going on vacation or something. But I mean, like on the grand scale, it doesn't really matter. I'm going to wake up and watch the stuff I really want to see before work. But I kind of liked Wednesday. I don't know. I don't know. I don't have strong feelings either way. How about you? As being that we do it with kids and family, Friday is much better because I'm more I'm more confident that Friday night will be able to get to it. There were times where like after school crap hits and like the episode comes out Tuesday at midnight and then I have to stay off Twitter for like 48 hours because we're running to the, you know, recital for that or practice for this or just the craziness of life. So not trying to fit it in with my kids with bedtimes and, you know, weeknight stuff is going to be nice. But that is that's that's my own particular view of the world. Yeah, no, I get that. Yeah. All right. Um, let's talk about Spider-Verse. So you've uh, I think it's pretty fresh for you. Uh, yes. I don't know. What what did you think, Rhiannon, uh, about? Well, first of all, do you have a new theater now? <laughs> this is stupid but you, now with a new place have you found a new spot to watch movies i mean i've gone to one spot i tried so that's what i tried last night i tried a new spot an amc theater there's nothing like i mean like in brooklyn i lived across the street from the alamo theater so that was my theater because it was convenient and i am lazy um there's nothing within like three miles of me here which was me i have to go three miles to get to a theater like Adam's driving like hours to get to an IMAX or whatever, or just to get gas, you know. Iowa's yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but I tried an AMC theater last night. Also, like I had all kinds of AMC points banked, and like they offered me free popcorn for my birthday and all of that. So yeah, I went and I tried taking the bus since I kind of live in the suburbs, but I still enjoy public transit. Um, so I took the bus to an amc theater i got my giant free popcorn um i really missed the amc recliner seats um i think i told you therefore i missed a little bit of the middle of the movie because it was a stressful week and i may have passed out for a few minutes in the middle of the movie because those seats were so comfortable um but overall I um I enjoyed it. 
I don't I I didn't get like the feeling from the first movie of it being I I think that first movie like everything was so new and fresh and you got to learn to love all those characters you know from the you know for the very first time and everything this was still great I still loved all the characters um it was kind of a lot which obviously they split it into two movies um I feel like a lot of the really cool, fr- I mean, that's the thing, like all of the cool, fresh graphics to me, like they felt busy this time. And maybe that was some of the like multiverse stuff that they did as they were jumping between universes and stuff. But overall, I liked it. What did you think? Do you remember it? Has it been that long? No, it's just been a week. Um, so I feel like I have a very, I feel like people will be annoyed by this. I think that it was an incredible cinematic experience, but it's not, I don't know if I want to call it a good movie. Cause I'm still not convinced it's a movie at all. <laughs> just like the two parter thing and the way that like, it just sort of abruptly ends. I know the empire strike back kind of did this and there's other movies that have done it. I, I just didn't feel like this one got wrapped up. I didn't feel like this one was sort of thematically put together. I really felt like they wrote a five hour thing and then just kind of arbitrarily cut a line in the middle of it. And so I'm in this weird place where I loved it. I love the visuals. I love the character, you know, the character work. I love the voice acting. Um, I, I love a lot of the themes and stuff. It just, I don't know. It was episode one of a giant two episode TV show. And at that, it wasn't particularly paced well, I felt like, for a one for a one episode of that TV show. And I, I think that's the thing I struggle with is like, like even when people have been talking about like Oscars for this, I don't know. I mean, th- when you cut it in two pieces like that, does it become a commercial product so much over a piece of art that it's hard to even call it a film, you know? And I mean, maybe I'm being pedantic about it, but for me, that the way it was cut was just um it's just weird. It creates a very odd experience and an odd feeling when you leave the theater, you know? Yeah. And that's what, like, I mean, I, I don't feel comfortable talking about the pacing because I fell asleep for some amount of time in the middle of it, but I knew it, you know, I knew it was a to be continued. I knew it was a two-parter and I found myself like, okay, can we just wrap it up? Can we just, you know, get, can can we just stop here? Like, it felt long to me. Um, and I just, I didn't feel comfortable making the same sort of like feelings that you just did because like clearly I didn't see the whole yeah. intended product. But I also saw a whole lot of it. And I like, cause like this morning I was like, gosh, do I just need to go back and watch the whole thing? And I'm not feeling, I mean, I remember leaving the first one being like, heck yeah, I'd watch that again. You know, I'm, yep. I'm not feeling like I want to go sit through that again. Um, yeah. I feel like some of the, like the upside down diving that he did, that was so amazing in that first movie. I feel like, um, sorry, my I feel like they just leaned on that and they're like, we're just going to give that and that and that, and we're going to like take that visual and do it in another way and have them sitting upside down to have their little heart to heart conversation and stuff. 
I I think the biggest example of sort of like how it felt discongruent to me was you get to the end, they clearly leave on a cliffhanger and say like to be continued. And then you wait through the first part of the credits and there's a placard that says Miles Morales will return. And I'm like, yeah, you, we know you just told us to be continued. <laughs> like, yeah, um, I don't know. It just sort of felt like some stuff like that. That was just kind of like, I'm not sure they were all in the same room at the same time when putting this together, which they probably weren't. It probably was a lot of pandemic development. Well, and I think for me, and again, I may be nitpicking. I think that if it ended with him making the choice to go to like jump in the machine and go back home. And then he arrived and he went in, he saw his mom and she was like, this, I've never heard of Spider-Man. And then they just stopped right there. Right. Like, cause a lot of the movie is about miles um, determining his own life, making his own decisions, being who he wants to be like the big line from the trailer. That was even the climax of the movie was I'm going to do things my way. I think if you end there and miles is choosing to go back and then surprise, surprise, he didn't even get to do what he thought he wanted to do. To me, that thematically works. And you just kind of cut off the last 15, 20 minutes of like her putting a team together and her talking to her dad and him going to his uncle's place and him seeing himself as the prowler. Like, I just felt like that stuff didn't thematically fit as well into the movie, but I'm sure they did the calculus and they were like, oh, well, if we do that, the next one's going to be three hours and 20 minutes long. So we need to like move 15 of those movies into this minutes of that, that movie to this one. It, I, like I said, it's just a little bothersome. And, you know, I had the same criticism about Dune. Dune drove me crazy. I don't know if you saw that movie, but like it just got to a spot I, and was like, oh, we're done. <laughs> I, I fell asleep during it too. <laughs> if we're talking about consistencies. <laughs> it's it's the Rihanna nap curse. <laughs> I'm really good at sleeping during movies. <laughs> So, I mean, the thing that's weird about it is all of that said, that makes it sound like I didn't like it. In the end, I loved the experience. I mean, I think it's fantastic. I was excited about it. I had a really good time. I think it's incredibly well done and, you know, artistically fascinating. Um, you know, it's just it, that that part bugs me and it makes me not know how to feel exactly about it. And it makes it hard for me to say like, oh, this is as good of a movie as the last one because I just don't feel like it's a movie. <laughs> but that said, if I'm just talking about the quality of this stuff, um, you know, everything is just amazing. Like, the, the everybody is wowed by it. The animation styles, whether it was, like, the Sex Pistol, like, poster-type stuff for Spider-Punk or it was the uh, the Mood Ring sort of feel to, like, Gwen's World or um, the the whole Mumbatton uh that may have been the part you slept through where they made you know new york city into india for a while like i, I just caught thought some of that i caught some of that i caught all... the donald glover cameo oh okay let's pause for a sec that is my favorite cameo in the history of marvel movies like i the people around me must have thought i was crazy because when i saw him on screen i was like no way like <laughs> out loud you know I just could not believe that they had gotten him in there for that. That was so cool. Yeah. So, but aesthetically, I mean, I just think it was, I, I hear what you say about a busyness, but I, I, 
it's not as jarring as I thought it would be. Even when like you have like Renaissance Vulture in there, it doesn't bother my brain like I would think it would to have those different animation styles sort of together. And they continued to do stuff where they messed with frame rate and I guess Spider Punk's head and body like move at different frame rates to like give it the feel that it has. So it was all um but anyways i just thought it was you know i thought it was beautiful and stimulating and all that kind of stuff yeah i yeah i mean that's what i don't watch as much animated as you so i'm just like yeah it was the same i mean to me it was a lot of the same you know cool technology and stuff from that as the first one right um but the story has to sort of keep pulling me along. I didn't even, I was a little disappointed by Spot. I, like, I know there's more to come from Spot. But I feel like he disappeared for a large chunk of the movie. Um, I was talking with my kids. There's not hardly any villain stuff in this, like, I mean, Spider-Man 2099 is kind of the villain, but like, I almost felt like the vulture was thrown in because they got near the end and they went, oh, sheesh, there's no bad guy action figures to sell. You know, like you had Spot pop in and out a little bit and you had Vulture there at the beginning, but the last hour, hour and 15 minutes of that is just spider people, you know? I thought Spot was the villain, like that he was going to go and kill his dad. And so he had to go and save his dad from Spot. <laughs> I mean, yes, but he, like you said, he just hardly is on screen for any of yeah. that stuff. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's not like they had to fridge him for special effects. But I do want to go back. You were talking about this being a Miles Morales movie, but is this a Miles Morales movie? Because uh, I, it starts and ends with Gwen Stacy as if it's her movie. So that was something else I kind of struggled with. Like, I, I know they want to give her some more sort of space. And, you know, I mean, I don't want to fall into a cliche of like, it was a girl character for girls. I did find that my four girls and wife all found the Gwen stuff far more compelling than I did. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's just like seeing yourself in the character or what i did feel like the the miles stuff clicks in a way that the gwen stuff still doesn't click as well i felt like her stuff was a little melodramatic for my liking but that maybe is just me i don't know did you enjoy having more gwen things in it no not really no i liked him having relationships i liked miles having you know, his friendships from the first movie and coming back to stuff like that. But I really didn't enjoy it. Like that whole beginning part with Gwen. I'm like, okay, okay, that's great. Yeah, you and your dad get me to Miles. Like, I want to know what's up with him. Get me to Spot. I want to, you know, like, I, I want to see how they do Spot. Like, it, yeah, I, I didn't need it. Well, and I would say some of it is the best part of this movie is that the mom dad kid relationship like that triangle between um Miles mom and dad and him mm-hmm. is so good and so true to life and so easy to identify with and so electric chemistry wise 
like you kind of can't help but feel like Gwen and her dad is just not as good. <laughs> like it's just not as interesting because it's so good when the three of them are on screen together. Yeah. Yeah. And also I never caught the mood ring sense of Gwen's universe. I was just like, why do the colors in this room keep changing? Like, oh. like, did they mess up? Did they like, what's, what's going on? Like, okay, this must be an artistic choice, but I don't necessarily have to like it. Yeah. I mean, the whole concept was when she's in conflict and she's arguing with her dad, it's mm-hmm. like harsh, harsh reds and purples and like really strong saturated colors. And then when they make peace, everything goes a little more pastel and white. And the idea is that like the very world around her changes to her perception of what's going on. Yeah. I get that now. Um, I think one of the things I really love about this movie, and I was talking about some, you know, outside of this was, I think the relatability of miles that people like see themselves in miles and his family it may be a little thing, but the way that they have taken a family with a very sort of cultural story particularity, right? Like, I, cause I think people could look at miles and people are like, Oh, he's an Afro Latino Latino version of Spider-Man. And like, you know, the jerks can be like, Oh, it's just Marvel being so woke again and making everything. But like, it never feels hit you over the head like with with a certain like narrative it's like even though that he's situated in a particular cultural situation it still feels very relatable like i think a lot of people hear conversations they've had with their parents in miles even though they're not having it with all the same flavor and sort of color from cultural background and living in brooklyn and you know like I think the way that he is a particular character, but still a relatable character is a really beautiful thing that they do in this movie to say that you don't have to be like a white nerdy kid for people to identify with you. Like people can identify with characters who aren't like them. And, you know, I mean, maybe put too explicitly, like white audiences can still see themselves in characters who aren't white. And like, we don't have to exactly match up with these characters to feel like the truth of their situation, particularly in his dynamics with his family. Yeah. Um, what did you think about like all the plot mechanics stuff? Like, you know, obviously we're multiverse again and there's sort of this idea of canon events and the web of spiders and, I don't know. Did you find all that stuff made sense and clicked well, or was it all a bit much for your tastes? It was a bit much. It was a bit multiverse hand wavy. Like that first one was nice. You're getting like the little gang of spiders coming to visit because there's a glitch in the multiverse and they have like, but this, it was just too much multiverse. I feel like that's going to be our your tagline though for the for everything Marvel for the next four years. Well, no, right? but there's been stuff. <laughs> I mean, there's been stuff that I have enjoyed. There's there's stuff with the multiverse, and it's just 
when it gets to be too much. I liked the first one. Yeah. I like um yeah, I I I mean the thing is at this point is we have a lot of multiverse movies out there. So it's very clear like I don't know. It, 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 there's very much like good and too much and I mean like we all have our places like some people liked a lot of multiverse and people probably liked seeing the thousands of spiders or whatever like I it just not my jam <laughs> it was it was just too much yeah Um. but yeah. well, I feel like I, I'm always negative I wouldn't for me it's not a criticism but I did find myself wanting to know more and having other questions um i can tell from listening to other people online the idea that like there's two different canon events there's like the death of an uncle canon event and then there's like a death of a police captain event like it makes sense in spidey's history but i have i heard people afterwards were like well if his uncle aaron died then why does his dad have to die i'm like oh no because the uncle aaron is the uncle ben death and his dad would be the Captain Stacy dad. Like, and it made me think of a million things. Scarlet Spider's in this. Scarlet Spider is a clone. And they're like, no, you're only the official Spider-Man if you're bitten by a spider. But Scarlet Spider wasn't bitten by a spider. He's a clone. So, like, why does he count and why is he on the good side? Or in his universe, was he bit by a spider? Is he still even a clone yet? And also, like, which events count as canon events? Like, it was convenient to have the death of a captain and the death of an uncle, but do we need a Gwen Stacy love interest death? Like, is that a canon thing that's got to happen in every universe? Like, I just caught myself wanting to know the answer to those and being suspicious that the answer is that's thinking too hard about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. Yeah. You can't think about the multiverses. Do you, uh, was there a particular spider person that you enjoyed being added to the mixed most? I, I liked the baby. Okay, yeah, Mayday. Yep, she's cute. Um, um, other than that, the rest of them were blur. I mean, I didn't. Yeah, other than that, none of them stand out. Yeah, I I might be concerned that some of them didn't get enough screen time, particularly like um, their Jessica Drew, the you know the pregnant motorcycle ride in Spider Woman. Yeah, but I'm kind of going. Yeah, there'll be there's going to be time to flesh out that character even more, you know, in the next one. Which is another thing that kind of bugs me about the split thing is it's even hard to evaluate because you go oh they're gonna fix that in the next one you know it's you sort of like forgive a lot because you think that it's just gonna be taken care of down the road yeah are you excited about the next one are you thankful that it's coming as early as next march no (laughs) i mean i really like i thought i was really just like ready for that movie to end (laughs) so i'm sure they will get me hyped up for it before it happened before it happens um and maybe it will like like you said maybe it'll be very fulfilling after everything that they set up 
but like I don't even know what I'm fine he's in a different universe cool they've jumped between universes a few times now like I don't feel like that's a huge tension that I'm worried about how he'll get home um like I don't feel like I have to see that next part really soon right now yeah I think the part that I find interesting of what they set up is so much of this movie, in my opinion, is about Miles making his own destiny, right? Making his own choices. Going to a universe where Miles became the Prowler, I think raises a fascinating question of, okay, Miles, you thought you made your own destiny, but is that other Miles just an evil one? Or is maybe nurture and context and like what happens in your life really actually important and i think for miles there's this fascinating tension between i write my own story i'm not gonna let everybody tell me who i am but also having some sympathy for his counterpart in a universe where bad stuff happened and his dad died and his uncle was stealing stuff to help pay the bills where he might go like oh that's not a bad person who chose poorly it's somebody who's had a difficult circumstance and like the ability to give people grace for how they deal with difficult circumstances versus like believing in self-determination i think thematically that's just a rich place for them to be um yeah and so i think i'm excited about that i definitely know for our bunch like the kiddos didn't totally understand that it was gonna be a two-part so like when it ended they were like what come on like they're i've heard this from many people with children there's a slight incensedness by the kids of like how did you not finish that movie and i know when i told ours like oh next easter's when it comes out they're like oh okay like they kind of like came off the ledge a little bit that it wasn't going to be another four or five years like the gap between the last one and this one yeah i there was definitely some people in my theater that that were very upset <laughs> very upset so that was fun i always enjoy a full theater with people having a lot of feelings um and to be so. fair it's, it's not that different than infinity war right like no and next teaser isn't isn't that far away that yeah. less than a year isn't awful for as long as it takes them to make these movies these animated movies yeah so yeah I, I remember similar reactions on infinity war that like the lights came up in the theater it, I remember it was someone exactly like, someone screaming what the hell i think is what i remember <laughs> i i thought there was going to be a riot when i saw infinity war because because uh, they blipped out black panther and there were some <laughs> yeah. people that very not happy um yeah yes yeah that was fun um i had this question it may be you're the wrong person to ask do you wish that more marvel stuff was animated i mean i think what sony has found here is that they can run a very successful live action spidey franchise at the same time they're doing an animated spidey franchise and it doesn't seem to be cannibalizing the business either way should Marvel do more animated stuff just because it gives them options? Or do you think we've got enough right now? <laughs> I thought Marvel was going the animated direction. I thought with the zombies and what if they were 
doing this exact same thing. Um, but is it just not happening? Well, I mean, a lot of stuff got cut. So some of it was all these big, my understanding is as Disney has done all these layoffs, that animation was one um, Marvel animation was one of the areas that got a lot of cuts. And so it's like really up in the air. I mean, remember it was just Comic-Con last year, right? Six months ago where they did the big panel and they're like, what if season two is happening and we've greenlit season three and Spider-Man freshman year is coming and we've greenlit sophomore year and X-Men 97 is coming and we've greenlit a second one and we've got a Marvel zombie show. Like, I don't know if you remember that panel was just like, we've said yes to eight different episodes, like seasons of TV. And since then, Jack squat has come out and I just don't even know what's happening there. You know? Yeah, exactly. That's that's what I'm like. I thought Marvel was doing a whole bunch of animated, maybe not features, but at least in the television space, I thought they were doing exactly that. But we haven't seen it. But that's also the area that got sort of reorganized and stuff, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I did find it interesting. Did you watch any of the Apple Vision Pro presentation the other day? No, I'm not a visor. I'm not an eye person. Oh, that's right. Well, so they're coming out with a new headset and it's, um, I don't know how to describe it. It's not really a VR headset. It's basically, I have looked into that. Yes. Yeah. It like integrates the real world and tech and Disney has signed on to make a lot of content for them. So one of the things they sold is like, they have backgrounds. So you can feel like you're hanging out at like Luke's farm on Tatooine while watching the mandalorian like it's a big screen set up on the planet so it's a more immersive sort of experience but disney's making stuff for this vision pro and it's going to include marvel stuff of some kind but it was weird they used what if in the the ad like that was the marvel property that um they used to highlight was like what if your living room could be something else? And I guess it sort of thematically makes sense. It just seemed odd to me that you're going to make this big pitch for Marvel Vision Pro content and you're going to do it with what if. But Yeah. I mean, they couldn't use any of the stuff that takes place in like New York City or anything because that would just have different connotations. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. I. To me, I would, I don't know. I could have seen them. Like, I would do like the guardians, like put you in the, yeah, you know, with the guardians of the galaxy or something. Yeah. Or we can make it look like Iron Man sitting on your couch in your visor, you know, like, um, I mean, it's, that's the kind of thing I would think before. Hey, look, it's what if, <laughs> but who knows? Yeah. All right. Rhiannon, you mentioned it. Secret Invasion. I believe we are. 11 days away i think some i think it's a week from uh oh wednesday secret invasion's coming yay um we will talk about that i assume want to figure out schedules and all that kind of stuff do you have anything else about spider-verse or anything else that you want to talk about um no i don't think there's anything um just getting ready i will be at san diego comic-con this summer 
So, um, saved Daredevil has started thinking about our plans. So, if we have any listeners here that normally come to their um, events and stuff, we're we're rolling out our invitations to that a little bit differently. So, make sure you're following us, following Save Daredevil on all of the uh, socials and stuff, so that you can get your tickets to our meetup. Because Vincent D'Onofrio this week said he was going to be there. Like, I'm sure that was not Feige approved. Um, and what I've heard informally is, yeah, that everything depends on the writer strike when it comes to San Diego. So our party might be the biggest event there. Um, well, I mean, I had two questions that came to my mind there. First yeah. of all, they have scripts for the presentation is mm-hmm. that written by a wga person or probably i think we'll learn a lot when we see the tonys tomorrow night because the tonys are going on and they're going to be live um they're going to be broadcast but none of it is going to be scripted so i think we'll see a little bit of like what can happen well i mean the upfronts are usually scripted too but um, I mean, but I, I hear that San Diego is going to be, well, probably San Diego Comic-Con will be picketed, which means that nobody else, you know, if the strike is still going on, it will probably be picketed, which means that like your directors and uh, your anybody that's a member of other guilds will not cross the picket lines to go inside. So if the strike is still happening, there will probably not be a lot of panels from the big studios right because i would imagine the actors assuming that everybody follows the rules that i kind of understand they act like i cannot imagine like a charlie or vincent walking into the place if there's a big old picket line outside of it with writers so there's not going to be any celebrities to be there to talk about the shows you know yeah yeah so i mean i believe everything at san diego sort of pending if the strike is still going on but um if it is, then that's okay. I'll take a light San Diego Comic-Con for the writers to get what they deserve. I, I'm at peace with that. I'll go. I'll spend my San Diego Comic-Con picketing with the writers and yeah. see if I can make friends. Because, um, yeah. Yeah. But it would suck from a fan standpoint. Yeah. So. Well, and it'll be interesting. I mean, the directors cut a deal. I think there's, I've heard some concern that the screen actors will cave because they're a bunch of babies. (laughs) I mean, this is what I hear from like writer types on the internet. And so that creates a difficult dynamic. If the directors and the the actors both get quick deals and it's like, well, what's your problem? Why can't you get along like we can? And I'm not saying that's fair. I'm just saying that'll be the difficult dynamic of the next stage of these things. Um, At the same time that the writers are also understandably going to be in a tough spot because you got to pay your mortgage somewhere or the other like they're striking so that they can pay their mortgage but unfortunately you can pay it even less when you're striking you know like so it's yeah it's rough yeah so anyways i hope they make a deal so that we can have yeah. a good comic-con absolutely but, cool but that's all i have all right well thanks for jumping on rihanna thanks for listening everybody yeah. Hopefully we'll get uh hopefully we'll get Adam here in a week or so for a secret invasion. 
I think is he moving today? Like or no, they were showing the old No, place no, yeah. they were showing his apartment. He's already he's got a place picked out to move, but they were showing his apartment today so he couldn't podcast. Yep. But anyway, so hopefully we'll all get together again soon. I know it's been a little disjointed, you know, us having real lives and all, but all right. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Rhiannon. Yep. Bye. Uh, bye, listeners.